So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley. Thank you so much for spending the next 45 minutes with me today. Uh, the purpose of the show is to help you do three things. Win more inquiries, maximize your profits, and break through limiting beliefs. Today, I got Miles Witt Boyer on the show. And we're talking about something really unique, something that... Uh, I, Maybe I just don't see a whole lot of conversation wrapped around. And that's this idea of using social media to build one-to-one, meaningful, uh, authentic relationships. Um, a lot of times in social media, it's all about the amassing of followers. How do I gain more followers? How do I build my engagement? How do I tap into the, the land grab of TikTok and Reels to, to get those thousands of followers as quickly as I can, right? Um, this is where pretty much 90% of the, the conversation exists around social media. And what I've seen Miles do firsthand, by the way, uh, is use social media in a very different way. Rather than going width with the platforms that he has, he's gone depth. And so we're going to have a conversation with Miles in terms of how he's done this within his wedding photography business, his commercial photography business, his education, and his own personal life. If you're not familiar with Miles Whit Boyer, he is a Fuji ambassador. He's a Fuji film photographer. Uh, he is one of the world's best wedding photographers as rated by his mom and looks like film. And looks like film in 2020. In that order. That's important. In that order. <laughs> in that order. He's, he's just like chilling in the Midwest like me. He's out in Arkansas. And so, Miles, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Appreciate you. Ben, that is a... Uh, dude, that's a stellar intro. And... I don't know if I can even begin to live up to all of the things that you just said, uh, but I'm going to try really hard. I uh, first things first. I'm I'm really flattered, sincerely flattered, and excited to uh, to be on the other end of the mic uh, from you and to chat with you about uh, about photography and to discuss, um, you know, some of the things that I think uh, that that we can change. I, I think some of the conversation that that can be pivoted and rolled a little bit to. Um, maybe even redefine what success looks like from a social media perspective 
and uh, and and maybe reestablish um, how to benchmark whether you are becoming more successful or not. Mm. And uh, and so yeah, dude, I uh, very flattered, very excited to be here. Um, and uh, and like, let's go. Yeah, man. You uh, so you're not unfamiliar with the audio platforms. Um, you don't have your own podcast, but you might as well because of the way that you show up over on Clubhouse. Do you mind sharing a little bit about your experience on Clubhouse and and the conversations that you're holding there? Uh, actually, similar conversations around this very topic. Yeah. So listen, I um. I tried at one point to to do the podcast thing, and uh, a good friend of mine, Jason Vincent, and I um, hmm. really we kind of took off, and we were like, you know what, we're going to do this, and and uh, and you know the the reality is, um, you want to find an oversaturated market. The photography podcast world is it it is there, <laughs> right? But but the only the only reason why is because a lot of the great conversationalists um, are already really successful at this. You know, guys like you that have been doing this for long enough now that that you realize that um, you need to ask twice as many questions as you answer, mm. and yeah. and and that's what that's what creates depth and longevity in in the podcast game a little bit, and and uh, and and allowing people to sort of speak truth and and uh, and give perspective. That's huge, and so. Um, I'm on a lot of these. And so one of the, one of the most important parts to me about being on a lot of podcasts is not being competitive in and of myself. And so I, I'm able to kind of show up and, and record and, um, and, and be there for these interesting conversations. Um, and so that's, that's what Clubhouse became for me very quickly. Um, you know, central to what, what we're talking about as a whole today, Clubhouse, um, became this like overarching massive, opportunity for people to scream into the void their opinions. But what it actually became was a place where I could safely and quickly um, tag in with a private room with somebody who I don't have their phone number. Hmm. Or um, I could send them over an Instagram message and say like, hey, I caught your opinion in this room a couple of days ago, and I really would love to hear more about it. Do you think you'd mind spending five minutes just jump in a private room with me and talk, talk to me, talk me through this? And, and what it actually allowed me to do was to um, build some really meaningful and really uh, deep and, and beautiful uh, industry relationships really quickly, and then to start hosting rooms that were central to the things that I was hearing back. And so I was doing a lot of research as to what it is that people are missing or not hearing enough of, or um, are feeling as though the answers are too shallow or too broad or, or whatever. And then... Um, we were building rooms to solve those problems. Um, and, and so that was, you know, the, the big one I think everybody thinks about was the, the rooms that I was hosting for a while with Igor Demba, um, mm. where it was just like, man, jump in and like, let's just talk about the good stuff. Like, let's, let's stop talking about presets and camera settings and lighting tips and tricks. And let's talk about the stories of the, the people that you get to touch and, uh, the ways that you've seen photography change lives and, uh, and you know, how are you adding value to your community and things like that. And dude, what I got back from that was, was more fulfillment. Um, and then, you know, through osmosis maybe, or just as a byproduct, more powerful relationships mm -hmm. than I ever could have gotten by, by getting on and, and explaining why I shoot this camera over that camera. Sure. Right? 
Um, yeah. So yeah, that that was sort of the that was sort of the jump in. But you know what? What I also saw, I was talking to Tom Wright about this earlier today. Um, Clubhouse sort of um, it sort of collapsed in and of itself very rapidly because people love to speak, but they don't love to listen. Mm. And that's not how the platform was designed. I think I think the platform was designed as an opportunity for people to have the chance to listen and and to absorb and then to respond. And uh, and I'm hoping that it will sort of resurge a little bit and that people will mature in that. But um, you know, it's it's struggled a lot in the photography community because you have this opportunity to sit and listen to Katie Mary or Jonas Peterson or these just these mammoth names speak. But then instead of taking the time to listen, you're immediately already thinking about how you can respond. And um, yeah, that's, I, I think that's something that we should speak to today. I, I think there's a, there's a lost art of, uh, of listening in general. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, uh, already a bit of what we're going to talk about today, which is the intentional use of social media to build meaningful relationships, which is you, you kind of hinted at how you've done that even within Clubhouse before you started hosting more rooms with these people, but it started out as a way to just build that relationship with someone. Um, and I'd love to talk about that in in some of the other, uh, you know, maybe not everyone's on the Clubhouse game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, the flash and the pan has kind of gone out, um, but but certainly uh, the photographers who are listening, they're on Instagram, some are on TikTok, and, um, a few are still holding on to Facebook. Yeah, and so I'd like to have. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot on Facebook, man. I hear you. I hear you. I do too. Um, but I'd love to move that conversation there as well. But before we do. Um, you're in the Midwest as well. I'd love to kind of gain a little bit of an understanding of your backstory because I'm actually curious if your approach to how you've gone depth over width has had any relationship uh, to even where you come from. Um, what I mean is this, I'm making up a lot of stuff in my head right now, Miles, in that I'm also just like some guy kind of in the middle of the US. I mean, I mean, Ohio, it's not exactly the middle, but it's the Midwest. And when I look around the industry, I tend to see, um, uh, like I'm not in the big city, <laughs> I'm not on the coast, nor am I in the mountains, uh, or the waterfalls, <laughs> as you mentioned, Miles. And, um, I'm curious what that looked like for you, uh, to kind of create a, a name for your business, uh, being in the Midwest, what that looked like for you. Yeah. So, I've got kind of a a long uh, origin story here that that sent me kind of all over the country uh, trying to figure out where where and what I wanted to shoot and and that in included everything from being a a rock climbing photographer and a, a whitewater rafting photographer outside of San Antonio um, uh, to shooting for a modeling agency and doing fashion work uh, in New York. And so you are a model. Um, <laughs> Maybe. Allegedly. <laughs> Retired. No. Um, yeah. So I, I, I kind of jumped around a little bit and um, and shot some some of probably the most uh, pivotal work for myself creatively came from um, a fairly short period of time, just a couple of years living in New York. Mm. And and what I realized, though, in a hurry was that the, the photographers that I was meeting in New York, um, they weren't uh, successful in the way that I wanted to be successful. I, even though I thought the work was beautiful, um, 
they weren't evolving. The work wasn't growing. They were just sort of um, like putting in the reps. But these were guys that had been doing this for, you know, 20 or 30 years. And and that that wasn't where I wanted to be. And uh, and so then through a whole series of, of really cool situations, but um, I, I met my wife now and she's from Arkansas and uh, and she basically dropped this ultimatum on me at the time, right? That was like, hey, I love where I grew up. I love my family and I love your big dreams. And mm. if you can do all of that from here, I'll support them. Mm. Um, but like, I'm not moving to New York. Yeah. And so that was a relatively easy decision. It's funny. I, I say that. And, uh, and a lot of times when I say that in workshops or whatever, and you know, like I see all this starry eyed, like the, the girls go, Oh, but it really wasn't that it was more like I needed, I needed this, uh, this, um, strong personality to give me some direction. I, and I needed this woman that would kind of like put some parameters on my creativity and say like, you know, Hey, try this and, uh, and just trust the process. And so I came to Arkansas and realized in a hurry, well, there isn't a lot uh, there is now actually, ironically, but at the time there wasn't a lot of sports photography opportunities mm -hmm. and there was absolutely no fashion photography opportunities. Um, and so what do you shoot in the Midwest, man? And, and it's like, well, people pay for weddings <laughs> and, you know, here's an ironic statement. Um, and I, I love being able to say this, but my senior thesis paper in film school was literally on why wedding photography was killing the industry. <laughs> what does that Tell even me mean? God doesn't have a sense of humor <laughs> there, man. Like, so here I am 15 years later and it's basically all I shoot. I mean, I do some commercial work and some fashion stuff still here and there, but the reality is 90 plus percent of my work is, is wedding based. And, uh, and yeah, so living here, living in Arkansas, um, man, it, it has changed completely shifted just the paradigm in my head as to what relationship looks like, what family looks like, what, what that, the importance of that can be. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so though more than two thirds of my work is out of state now, um, when I'm here, I am absorbing every bit of that culture that I possibly can. And then instead of fighting it, I'm taking it with me. And, and it's a, it's a really powerful thing to be, you know, um, I, I shot a wedding the week before last huge, beautiful wedding, uh, up in New York. And it's a powerful thing instead of fighting that feeling like I need to hit the city and, uh, and, and dress up and be the New York version of miles to just take who I am as a dad and as a husband and as a friend and a business owner and, um, you know, open doors, pull out chairs and make friends. And, uh, and it's powerful. You know, the, there's, I don't think it's coincidental that, um, you know, Ohio's the exact same way. Ironically, think of the mammoth, just the enormous names right around you, you know, some, some remarkable photographers right around your area. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Jason Vincent, he lives right down the street. Like we, you know, yeah. we, there, there's some, there's some people that are getting smart. They're leaving the coasts in a hurry, realizing like, <laughs> hey, I can make this exact same amount of money and own a county in the yeah. country. You know? <laughs> yeah, so I know if you don't know Jason Vincent, go ahead and check out. I think it's yeah. Vincent Imagery. Vincent images. images. Yeah, images. Yeah, yeah VincentImages.com. If you want to take a look at his work, uh, phenomenal. Uh, I believe he'll be at WPPI. I think he's doing another photo walk. Um, uh, are you going year. this year? Yeah, yeah. I got two platform classes this year. I'm super excited okay. or whatever they're calling them now. I'll uh, see you there. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm stoked about it. I love that. Exciting. You mentioned 
you've mentioned success a couple of times now, Miles. You mentioned yeah. success at the beginning of this episode. Um, and then you mentioned when you were in New York how you had made an observation that um, no bad, but just like as you were observing other photographers and and the things that they were pursuing and chasing as as a definition of success for them, it wasn't lining up for what you deem success to be. Um, and that also contributed, I think, to you moving out of that city. Um, do you mind sharing a little bit more about what it is maybe that you observed or or even to give it more grace made up that you were observing because yeah. <laughs> who knows whether or not it was real um, yeah. versus where you've begun to identify success for yourself as man, creative freedom. Hmm. I mean, when you live in and work and eat and breathe in this industry that is supposed to be a service industry, and you have the creative freedom to both serve and create. And then the payroll and the clout and the sponsorships and the recognition and the followers and all of that is a byproduct of being in a place where you can serve and create. Dude, that's success. That that's that's power and it's not and it's not this like self-evolving momentum. It, it's a it's a daily decision to go ahead and put other people, you put your clients, put your family, put your your situation sort of ahead of yourself. Um but from a stance of knowing that that your growth will come through proxy. Hmm. Um and so I just serve and just give and give and and realize that what is probably most proprietary about you are the relationships that you hold. Hmm. Not the not the way that you press that same button that we all press. Mm -hmm. And not the the fact that you have managed to tweak the preset, you know, just just a little differently than everybody else tweaks the preset. But the fact that you can affect and change people's lives. And I don't mean that from just a client perspective. I mean, um, you know, my, my reputation in, an, in the Fujifilm team is, is being the yes man. I'm the guy that is, is happy to teach, is happy to train, is happy to jump on a call and, and, uh, and work through situations when, when people need help. And, um, you know, a lot of that is unpaid and a lot of that is, you know, it's, it's behind the scenes and the recognition isn't loud. Um, but what that allows you to do um, is to understand that when when you add value to everyone else in a room, inadvertently, you become the most valuable person in the room. But only because everybody else needs you there. Hmm. And, and that's a huge, I mean, it's just a powerful shift as an artist to be able to say, you know what I'm doing is is jumping outside of the cliches maybe a little bit and getting, getting beyond the, you know, the like capture your memory moments and, and digging in more to like, how can I interpret, how can I serve and, and truly uh, honor these scenarios that I'm invited into and how can my art do you justice? And, those perspectives, I mean, that, that shifts everything from a sense that your value just scales rapidly. People can't find that outside of you because it's your relationship with them that, that adds the value, that creates the value. Um, and so then it, it comes down to, it, it's not whether or not 
you know, they're going to hire you for $4,000 or them for $5,000 or whatever. It, it's, it's not about the money anymore. It's, it's uh, clients and companies and brands and, and friendships realizing that if it's not you, it's no one. Um, and there's this, uh, there's this humility that comes with that. It's, it's ironic. It's, it's uh, sort of a dichotomy in saying that because it, I think it, you would feel as though when you get to that place, you, you can sit back in, in like ultimate confidence, but it's actually a humility in knowing that what makes you valuable is just all the people you surround yourself with. Hmm. Um, so anyway, there's a, there's a long diatribe there, but like, I, you know, that, that would be, I, I say, I would say the, uh, the ultimate definition of success for me is not when do I get to retire, but how long can I give? All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, this is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, they make like, like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work, but Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing too is everything is online, like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. It all starts with the click of a shutter, an instant, a moment captured that can last a lifetime if you know where to save it. Smug Mug Source is the latest addition to your photography toolkit. Now, every photographer of every skill level can manage, store, and organize every photo, including RAWs, from any device to ensure no moment captured is ever lost. Smug Mug Source uses powerful search technologies and organization tools so you can spend less time managing photos and more time taking them. With Smug Mug's near 20-year experience in proudly protecting billions of photos, Source makes Smug Mug a truly end-to-end photography platform. Head over to smugmug.com forward slash source now to learn more and start your free trial. No credit card required. That's smugmug.com forward slash source. Smug Mug Source. Every photo, every format, everywhere. I'm curious. Uh, again, I love making things up over here. <laughs> uh, I, I'm always like t- trying to tie, um, figure things out a little bit and connect the dots. 
Um, and so uh, when I look at you and I hear the way that you speak about um, being the person in the room who's providing more value than they're taking um, and trying to figure out how long they can stay in this career so they can stay in it long enough to give to as many people as possible. Um, I'm curious if there is any connection to, uh, to these beliefs about success and just more like driving core values that you hold and your decision, uh, to create using Fujifilm. And I know I'm, maybe there's a reach here by the way. Um, but I'm a, I'm a Fujifilm photographer as well. Not, not an actual one, like not like an ambassador. <laughs> no, you are an actual one. You are a, an but like actual, I'm, actual one. And there are certain qualities about the brand that I was drawn to that uh, that kind of resonate a little bit with some of the things that you're saying. And I'm curious if that is just happenstance. Like, is that just a coincidence? Not at all. Or is there actually something you could speak to in your decision to shoot on Fujifilm? Yeah, man. I I, I wrote this to you the other day, but um, this is this is just a, an honest to God statement. Um, I, I get to live in this world right now today. I get to live in this world where, where I shoot it's right here next to me. I shoot what I, what I would consider to be the most, um, uh, technologically advanced digital camera that has ever been made. Hmm. Um, and it happens to say Fujifilm on it, but I, I I'm telling you this when I bought into Fujifilm, when um, initially I I bought into them and and I had been at different times I'd been courted by all of the other big three. Um, when I bought in, it was on a uh, a six hundred dollar camera. Um, I just absolutely fell in love with the the craftsmanship, the way it felt, um, the way I felt shooting it, and uh, and so I set down a six thousand dollar camera for a six hundred dollar camera at a wedding, mm-hmm. and I never really looked back. Um, and what ended up coming from that though, was, was initially this, uh, this just commitment to myself that I didn't need the sponsors. Um, and I was perfectly okay living out the rest of my career without those, uh, what I, what I assumed would be shackles really. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been in a number of other sponsorship relationships that it has felt as though it was completely, um, transactional. Uh, and, and that wasn't something I was really interested in at that, that time in my life at all. And so, um, I just went ahead and bought all the gear just cause I loved it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and at the time it was, a, it, it's right here, this little XT2 that I was like, yeah, here's the camera, you know, that's like, what I started with too, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I was like, this thing is, it still sits here on my computer for a reason. It's, it's just this, yeah. this feeling of like how important it is that it, that it changed the way I look at the world. And, um, but then, then fast forward, um, a few years and things started to happen that are, that are hard to explain to people who are very, um, step by step, like type a personalities, but things started to, to come into play in my life where it was like, I, I had the opportunity to get lunch with a Fujifilm rep and we sat and ate tacos for like an hour and a half and didn't talk about cameras. And I walked away from that just so, um, relieved almost that, that this guy didn't, he, his entire identity wasn't wrapped up in trying to sell me on a camera that I already owned. Sure. And so 
Um, then a, a few weeks later, I got a call from somebody else at the company who said, you know, Hey, um, I'll, you know, I'll be in town in a few weeks. Would just love to meet you. Like, let's just get, grab a cup of coffee. And a few months later, I got a call saying like, Hey, there's this very small conference happening in Chicago. Um, we know that you're not formally endorsed, but we'd love to have you come up and maybe lead a photo walk or something like that. Um, but we can't pay you, but we'll pay for all your, you know, um, all your way. And, and, uh, and so these things, these, these little like pieces of the puzzle started to come together for me, but then what ended up happening was I had the opportunity, um, a very odd opportunity, very rare, uh, even amongst the, 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 the X team and the Fujifilm photographers, but I had this opportunity to send a text message over to the big dog, like to the, the big guy for North America. And, uh, and I sent a text over and I just needed some help with, with something. I had some gear that was giving me a headache and I sent him a text because I was having a hard time getting somebody else to help me with it. And his response was, um, Hey, did you say you're in town right now? And I said, I am. Yeah, I was in New York. And he said, Hey, uh, I've got a really busy day, but if you can meet me here and he dropped the, the address to a bar off, he said, meet me here at like 10. I'd love to meet you. Mm-hmm. And we handshook my ambassadorship with Fujifilm over a glass of tequila. And then he (laughs) reached into his bag, his personal bag, and he grabbed his personal camera out of his bag and he handed it to me. And he said, Hey, take this while I work out your other situation. Don't worry about it. Just take this with you. And uh, he said, Oh, but you're going to want to probably factory reset it. It's got all of my stuff in it and all my, you know, whatever. And that was the moment for me. It was an odd, it was a really odd situation, but that was the moment for me where I sat back and I said, it doesn't get any higher than this guy in North America. Mm. He's, he's the buck stops at him. And he just took time to not just sit and buy me a drink and hang out, but to give me his personal camera, to hug me on the way out the door. Um, I think we have texted at least once a week, uh, every, every week since then. Um, and he's one of my closest friends in the industry now, but, that started this pyramid of other good friends of, of this group of people now that it's like my entire identity as a photographer is wrapped up in my relationship with Alison Conklin and Paul Van Reeder and, and Brian Manier and all these Fujifilm photographers that what we have in common is not the cameras that we shoot, but the relationships that we've built with each other. Um, so this, this story that you share, um, You know, it's again, it's the emphasis on even as you share the story, um, you're so aware of even being on the receiving end of that relational side of things that you've now have gone to uh, try to go and do on your own platforms. Like you had mentioned in Clubhouse and how I've seen you interact on Instagram. And it's like you were on the receiving side of that. You were the beneficiary of someone who actually took the time to care about you one-to-one as an individual, as a photographer, as just a person in a relationship. Um, where else, where do you feel like this this core value of yours has um, come from, has evolved from of the 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 value of the human, like the value of the person, the value of the person in front of you, not because of what they can give you, um, but because they're, they're worth loving. Like they're just worth it because they're human. Where did that value um, come from? Man, I mean, I, I would love to go like very faith deep here. Um, I think that anybody that knows me or knows my brand at all realizes how central my faith is to that. Um, 
but but I would challenge the people that are listening to in, instead of where, where you end up quickly with a lot of people is this roadblock where they have a hard time then getting past that. Right. Like, like once I use the word Jesus, people get like clammed up. Um, and so here's what I would say in, instead, um, because I think the, the end point is the exact same. Um, if you take the time to just value the happiness, like just the joy of the people around you. And, and you spend your time um, achieving that for them or adding to that for them. You'll be shocked at how much joy you have as well. Hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, every relationship from, from, you know, church relationships and, and my faith to my wife, to my kids, to my staff and my associate team, this is not to say that like, you know, and, and anybody that works for me or with me realizes like Miles has a big temper. Miles is, uh, you know, a complete perfectionist with a lot of things. There's, there's a lot of flaws here, but at my core, what I love to do is I love to see people smile. Um, I, I, I love the opportunity to make, um, you know, restaurant staff feel special and loved on. I love the opportunity to, to hit a photo conference and, uh, you know, and go and grab a coffee for the security guard at the front. Just because those people are so underserved that their joy doesn't feel central, but with their joy, when that guy is sipping his coffee and is opening a door and telling everybody welcome, you, you end up changing the whole room. Um, and, uh, and it's that idea of digging deeper instead of wider, right? What comes from that, and it, it, this is implied, I guess, but what comes from that is your relationships then get very deep. You get very intentional in the way that you speak to people and, uh, and your photography, um, you know, as an artist can then get very deep, mm. you know, from a psychological perspective, I feel like I am very connected with the people that I shoot. Mm. Um, and, and I'm allowed to not force it's why I always give everybody such a hard time in our workshops and in platforms like this all the time. If you're still giving posing cues, if you're still asking people to whisper their Taco Bell orders in each other's ears to make them laugh, you're not plugged in. Hmm. You're, you're, you're living on the surface of what happiness is, but you're not in their joy. And then Hmm. as a wedding photographer, your images are, you know, hanging out just a few centimeters below the surface. And uh, if you, if you'll just dive in, like if you'll just get in there with people, you'll realize that like the heartbreak and the pain and the, the insecurity and the loss and the, um, you know, salvation and all of the elements that have led to this day are sitting so much deeper than just that cheesy, uh, you know, burrito grande laugh. Um, you know, and, and if you can touch that, man, like you, you turn clients into lifelong friends. And so after 500 weddings, now I've got, I have friends all over the country that are, that are, that are people that want to support me because I took the time to love on them. So Mm. what does that process look like, um, to actually do that? I, I hear it. I, 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 I'd love to say, yeah, I get that. Uh, and then I imagine that our listeners are also like, okay, great. Yeah. But uh, what? So what does yeah. that look like to actually do that? You know, everybody always wants to have it in this, uh, because we've become so efficiently, uh, so efficiency minded. 
um, that everybody always wants to have a checklist, right? Like 10 steps to becoming a more psychologically connected photographer. Um, you know, five, five ways that you can be more, you know, neurologically, whatever. The truth of the matter is efficiency is the enemy of creativity. Um, creativity is courage. Creativity is, is slowing down and, and seeing the world for what it is and accepting it. Uh, it's, it's understanding that, that beauty isn't something that, um, especially maybe as a photographer, that your job is to create. It, it's instead that it's, it's innate. It's, it's your job to capture. Um, that doesn't take any role off of our, our place in composition or in light or in post or anything. But it does take a little bit of the, the pride, the ego out of it and say, you know, um, if you'll just walk into situations with enough humility to understand that, um, you know, there is likely just within 10 miles of you, 10 people that could do this better than you, then, then you start to realize, like I started off with that, that's what, what's proprietary about you is the relationships that you have and, and the way that you serve those. And so I, I'd say the, you know, the most pragmatic response to your question, uh, is just taking one person at a time. Um, you know, for, for lack of a better way to put it, Ben, I mean, this is, this is how we ended up here, right? Um, I, I spent a year and a half, um, listening to this podcast and I, and I remember writing you that, I mean, a year, more than a year ago, writing that over to you and saying like, you know, I hate mowing the yard, man. I hate it. (laughs) Um, but one of the few things that gets me through mowing the yard is the fact that this is my, like, this is my six figure photographer time. And I sit and I listen to the podcast and I dig in and I disagree with two thirds of it and that's okay. And I, it gives me time to, <laughs> I do it gives too. Me, yeah, it gives me time to kind of formulate why and get over that. And, and, uh, you know, and then I'll hit a rock and it'll wake me up. And, but these relationships that, that we end up building, um, you just, there's just no telling where those go, you True. know, and, uh, whether that was over on clubhouse with, um, I mentioned Igor earlier, who's who's become a close friend of mine, and we've never even met. I don't even know if we've ever been in the same continent, um, you know, uh, or or I had the opportunity for uh, uh, you know, you know, David Kovacs. Do you know that name, David Ange? I no, know the so name, but I don't know a, them. He's a well, yeah. So he's a he's a Detroit photographer that I don't know from Adam. He's just a guy that was on Clubhouse that was always just so encouraging and kind. I looked over and clicked his work and I'm like, man, you remind me, I would tell him this all the time. You remind me of myself eight years ago um, when I was still, I was shooting what I felt like needed to be shot, but not yet what I could shoot. And his work has just exploded because he is like, man, I just, I feel so empowered to just go out and, and, and try things. I had the opportunity that wedding I, I told you about in New York, I had the opportunity to fly him in from Detroit and he second shot for me, um, you know, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And it, you, I think you never know what or where a relationship is going to go unless you just take one person at a time and just love on that one person and give what you have to give to it. And then, uh, you know, go on to the next one. Um, and, uh, and just throughout your day. Right. But a lot of that has to mean, you know, we weren't created like just from a biological perspective, we weren't designed as mass media. Like we can only yell so loud. 
Um, we were created to, to speak to people, to interact with people, to, to build those relationships. And so though, yes, I happy to post on Instagram and, and see, you know, my followers grow as it were, it doesn't bother me when somebody jumps off that ship. Um, you know, what bothers me more is when I, when I go a a week or a month or six months without speaking to somebody that matters to me, you know, that, Mm. that bugs me. So the intentionality that you're describing um, is something that takes a lot of energy. Takes, uh, yeah. <laughs> at least I believe it does. You know, yeah. m- maybe it doesn't, but I believe it does take a lot of energy from my, pers- you know, my shoes. Um, a lot of intentionality, a lot of emotional energy. Um, and I guess I'm curious if, if a, if you agree with that. Uh, if that's true for you and for the photographers who are listening, who are like, man, I can barely scrape up enough emotional energy to text my mom, <laughs> let alone the friend that lives down the street that yeah. I, I, I haven't, I mean, even some of my own friends, I haven't seen some of my own actual, like, you know, like college buddies, yeah. you know, ever since I've had kids for over a year, <laughs> And, um, and so I, I, I hear everything, but I'm curious for the photographer again, who's listening, who's like, yeah, there's actual, there's, there's meaningful relationships that I haven't that exist that I, that I haven't been able to give the emotional energy that it takes to maintain those. Where do I find this to keep pouring into people offline? Okay. So, so let's do like a couple, just sort of like actual tangible steps. Um, I, I think that would be valuable for people. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because we haven't even spoken about photography yet, and but that's that's what I love. It we really mentioned is. the camera a couple times. Um, we did. Well, <laughs> it's true, but but it is it, it really is what I love. It's what it's what I love about being a, a globally endorsed photographer that gets to speak about things that aren't related to my last click. You know, um, I, I think that's cool. So here's a few things. Number one, just just get on your phone. Set a set a timer. I know you like you you do your Instagram reel at whatever eight eight every morning, right, or nine every morning. I, I try to make like it by. Uh, I start. I try to make them at ten a.m. I, okay. I want to be done by eleven. There you go. Okay, so um, at nine fifty every morning, you you get into the office and and you've started to kind of brainstorm this whole thing. Um, just send a text message to three people that you didn't send a text message to yesterday, and that's it. My- I'm making my, I'm making my, my alarm right now for this. (laughs) And they don't have to be like, they don't have to be, um, you know, don't copy and paste. Like the the whole point of intentionality is being intentional, but they don't have to be this long, deep, you know, Hey, I'm sorry. It's been forever since we've chatted conversation. It can, it can simply be, you know, um, Hey, Stephanie, I realize that it's been three years since your wedding and you just popped into my head. Hope you guys are doing great. Or, um, you know, Hey, whatever. Uh, haven't seen you since college. I noticed on Facebook the other day, you've got a beautiful family. I hate that I've never met them. Hope you're doing well. And just three people, just three, you don't have to do 30, just three people. And throughout the course of a week of doing that, just a work week, you've touched 15 people that you wouldn't have connected to. Now, for a lot of us that post on social media, they, they really get engaged in this idea of social media for like a lot of us. Um, if we got 15 intentional, heartfelt comments on a post, it would mm-hmm. be fantastic. 
It'd be a great like, week. That's great interaction, right? Yeah. And yet it only took you three minutes a day, five days a week to send that those messages out. And what you started was three completely unique conversations, streams. Maybe, maybe those people, maybe one person doesn't write back. So you've got 10 different conversations going at the end of every week that you wouldn't have had before that. But now what you can start to do as a business owner very quickly is because I'm very data oriented. I'm kind of insights oriented. So you can sort of sit back maybe at the end of a month and say, okay, was this an, ex- uh, an exercise that took me away from social media, took me away from editing, took me away from anything? Or did it just add value to my life? Like, do I feel as though I actually gained something from this? If it didn't, then stop. But if it did, then you can look back at it and say, okay, whoa, how could I add more depth to that? And so instead of adding more volume, right? Because that's what we said, going wide isn't important. Going deeper is important. So maybe now I could start to sort of rate or rank maybe one to three the uh, conversations that I'm having with these people. One being they write back and say, you know, doing great, thanks. Or three being they write back and say, you know, uh, would love to find time to get a drink with you sometime soon. Let's connect. And and you could start to create this entire uh, Rolodex of three-star people that are perfectly happy, waiting, and willing to build more of a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. And now maybe once a month or once a week, you take time for one of those people. And, and so if it's once a month, now you've got 12 new relationships that are actual tangible relationships at the end of every year. And if three of those bring you business, well, then all you've done is added three minutes of your day every day to doing something that may have easily brought you in another ten to $15,000 a year. Mm-hmm. And, and it's this idea of reverse engineering the, the value of, of relationship, I think, is something that we want to throw these, typically as business owners, we want to throw the cast these very wide nets and just sort of assume that if we go broad enough, um, you know, if you build it, they will come. Hmm. But the truth of the matter is, I, I, think, I think in the world that we live in, in the culture that we live in, people are starving for the exact opposite of that. Um, you know, if, if you could look at your entire marketing budget for a year and set aside just enough money to give three albums to couples who, you know, are connected and energetic and excited about your work, uh, but can't afford an album, um, you know, so say that that cost you $1,500 and, and in order to do that, you had to pull $1,500 out of Facebook marketing, you'd be floored, absolutely floored if you created a, a great marketing engine around how to maximize those relationships, those three people, those three couples could easily account for 40 or 50 or $60,000 worth of downline income over the next few years. Um, whereas that $1,500 in Facebook marketing would probably account for an extra 200 likes. Yeah. And, and so anyway, I, I spend, you know, to give you some like, pragmatics there. That's, that's how I've built the business is, is, um, realizing that any amount of time that I invest, especially the more successful that I become and the more sort of known that I become, the more valuable my time is. So any time that I invest into something, um, needs to have return on it, but that return doesn't need to be immediate. It just needs to have, um, recognition of value over a long period of time. 
Yeah, it's it's a long game. And um it is. and that's a it's a challenging perspective for photographers to hold um is the long-term play. Um and I also sympathize with them because for many there's a feeling and maybe that feeling isn't a, is a reality that they don't have time. <laughs> it's like they need they need a client now. And I mean they're, they're spending time on something though. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I mean, I, I don't want to be unsympathetic to that, but I, mm-hmm. I will say, um, I'll say, I, I think the industry is very quick these days to put really silly parameters on ourselves, um, that are, that are so limiting in, in so many ways. What I mean by that is like, you know, Ben, you've been doing this for long enough now to know that it used to be very normal, very normal for photographers to shoot 40 weddings a year. Yes. Um, or 50 weddings a year. Very My normal. My first year I did 40 weddings. Yeah, that was very, very normal. And and then the industry started to inflate and grow a little bit and we could all charge a little bit more. And so we scaled back a little bit and we all said like, whoa, 40 was a lot. So maybe 30 is the sweet spot. And then we sat back and said, well, hey, 30 at 10 grand, that's not only is that a ton of money, but I'm having a hard time actually creating the value for my clients and charging that much money because I'm spending too much time. So I'm going to peel back a little bit. But then what we're running into as an industry right now is the is the reverse is happening. We've got photographers and elopement photographers that are jumping into the industry in their first year and saying, I'm only taking 15 weddings. I will only shoot 15 weddings. The problem is that they don't have a portfolio or a connection or a following or a group of people or a community yet that know them well enough to understand why there's value to that. And so they're struggling on both ends. They're not doing a high enough volume of work. They're not giving a high enough volume of quality. They're not ca- capturing a high enough volume of profit. They're not reinvesting a high enough volume um, of value back into their industry or their clientele, right? And so we've 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 com- completely uh, commoditized our own industry by just pushing down the volume of work. And so to your point, when people say like, oh, I don't have time, I'm like, man, I spent the first five or six years of my marriage editing in bed every night next to my wife um, because we both had this dream of the fact that like, hey, I don't want a real job. I want to be a wedding photographer. And so we realized it was going to it was going to take some long hours, you mm-hmm. know. So if you want to pursue this this career, this passion for a living where you don't have to sit in a cubicle there's probably going to be some trade-offs there and you're going to have to find time that may be a little uh, uncomfortable to find, but you know, do it now before you have kids. <laughs> Amen. How many kids you got over there, Miles? Um, I think just two. <laughs> there um, might be one. There might be one hiding there's, somewhere. They eat a lot. And so. They do. Yeah, they do. Uh, and mine are just like, I have six and four and four and I can't believe my son, he's four years old. This is what he had for breakfast this morning. He woke up from breakfast at 6.30 a.m., knocking on my door. Last one to bed, first one up. I'm hungry. Okay, great. So get him a, a banana. Dad, I'm hungry. I make him a smoothie. I'm, I'm hungry. I give him a granola bar. I'm hungry. I give him a bowl of cereal. I'm hungry. I give him a hard-boiled egg. I want another. This is a four-year-old. little. Yep. He's just like a little meat stick. Anyhow. 
Miles, yeah, it, this dude, is a, I, <laughs> it, it's a perpetual. It's, and it gets, by the way, I've got a nine year old who's like a club soccer player. So he burns yeah. like 10,000 calories a day. Yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> I love I'm it. talking like it's gross. What the uh, <laughs> Miles, um, thanks for having this conversation. I really appreciate it. Uh, where, where can people, uh, connect with you? Uh, man, it, my name, my miles, Whit, the wit is important. Um, wait, what's the wit miles wit boyer. Um, there, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we were, we were going to get to this, weren't we? We are. Then, yes, we are right now. We're, we're freaking doing it right now, Ben. Um, okay. Wit is, what's my middle name? Uh, and so, um, it, it was, it, this is silly. I, my great grandfather's name was miles something wit. And, uh, and so it's a family name that was sort of passed down and I hated my name as a kid, man. Um, cause I didn't have like the cool, uh, uh, sidebar. You have to tell me what your name is here in a yeah. minute, but I didn't have the, like, I grew up in New Mexico, man. So like all of my friends, last names, every one of my friends, last names was like, uh, Martinez, Quintana or Lopez. And they all had like Michael, David and, you know, or, 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 a some form of like a, um, a traditional Hispanic version of, of that name. Right. And my name is miles and it was too brutal to have that name. But as I grew up, I, I kind of realized like there's something kind of special about having this family name. Um, uh, turns out though, there is another miles Boyer photography. Mm. Um, he's a nice dude. Uh, he actually ironically lives like two hours from me. And, uh, and so, um, I started this brand and realized that the only thing that I knew to call myself um, as a brand coach, uh, you know, I, I've been doing this for years and years. And it's one of the things that, that you and I, it's so, so funny. We've, I've heard you speak to this. It's one of those things I always disagree with, but I, I always am like, man, Ralph Lauren doesn't stitch his own suits anymore. Like Versace is dead, but that signature equality, like mm, there's something about putting your name on it. Mm. And so I just went for it and, uh, and, and made my, made my mommy and my daddy proud by putting my middle name in there. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, what's so your my name? name's not Ben. My, my name Jerome. is Jay. My name is Jay Benjamin Hartley while we're talking about names and middle names. Okay. Uh, and so actually, yeah, my, my name is just the letter J no period. No J A Y, just J J Benjamin Hartley, and that's why my Instagram. There's another Ben Hartley out there in the world who ha- is sitting on all my accounts. He doesn't do anything with them, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's why my Instagram is J Ben Hartley. So you'll notice a, a number of my social media accounts is is J Ben Hartley. If I can't get to the Ben Hartley fast enough, I got to do J Ben Hartley. <laughs> so, so just uh, J, like just the letter. Just the letter J. Yep. I like it. Um, when I was a professional skateboarder, I used to go by Jabin. Um, like that in, my, in one of my past lives. Yeah, Jabin. Uh, Jabin was what I went by. Uh, it was Jabin. Yep. Jabin, Jabin. Uh, when I was a motion graphics, uh, like video artist doing like uh, MoGraph 3D animation, 2D yeah. animation, motion graphics, um, Jabes. That was that's what I went by back then, James. Listen, enough of this. Miles. No, this is getting like we're actually just now getting to the good stuff. We are, we are. And this is where we come to an end. Miles, thank you so much for hanging out with us uh today. Really appreciate your thoughts. Um yeah, just your heart. Uh and so um again, if you guys want to check out Miles, Miles Wit Boyer over on is, is Instagram the best place for people to, to touch base with you? Sure. I, yeah, I mean, it's probably the easiest way to connect for most photographers, but yeah, I mean, it just, it, 
this probably sounds arrogant, but if you just Google Miles Wood Boyer, there's one of me. So yeah. all yeah. of those pages of people will funnel. They're all blogs that I've written. So just go there. I'm nice. Gonna, I love it. Yeah. Miles, thank you again. Podcast listeners. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate this. And and I got to invite you guys, if you'd love uh, to get a chance to see Miles and I hold this conversation, but also to get early access to this podcast or, or I'm sorry, for any other episodes of the podcast, I have a mastermind group over on Facebook. Uh, and if you go to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind, you can join over 17,000 photographers who are there. It, it's where I hang out every week. It's where I continue to give and answer questions. I do free coaching in that space every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then again, if you're really into the podcast and you'd love to get uh, early access, this episode that you're listening to right now, I, I've recorded this uh, probably a month or two in advance, and you could have already listened to it in the mastermind group. It's a free space. And so benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. I'd love to see you there. Um, podcast listeners, uh, if I don't see you in the group, then listen, I, I'm excited for you to turn into the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Could you do me a big favor and keep showing up? Thanks, everybody.